I did I did write a bio for you though for the our wedding website already. Oh God. Now, granted, Courtney may shut down everything I've already <laughs> done on the website. Wedding party preview. Here we go. I'm so scared. I found the most ridiculous pictures I could of everybody that's in the wedding party. Ed and Adam's friendship was forged over the fires of karaoke in Indiana, PA around the 2008 timeframe. Since then, they've done literally thousands of hours of karaoke together, grown as friends, started karaoke podcasts, and aged tremendously from when this picture was taken. <laughs> I love that, actually. <laughs> Ed will often cite that I once made him cry by doing karaoke. This is absolutely true and exactly what I was trying to do. <laughs> and that's what your bio is. That's perfect. I love that. to the greatest song ever sung poorly it is a karaoke podcast that is the direct result of when boredom meets fandom i'm your incredibly boring karaoke host adam wainwright and i am the life of the party this week i'm ed Kennard. i'm so glad you've taken over the role of life of the party and i want to feel the energy in the room now ed you can't just say you're the life of the party and be i will try my best to be boring if that helps you considering this week's topic it shouldn't be too hard for you no, it shouldn't. That's it's a hell of a dig right there. Damn. <laughs> I know. You, this and is I'm, party energy. This is hard. That's harsh energy right at the top of the show. Ouch. That's just how we show our love for each other, Adam. I guess. And love is what today is all about, because we're going to talk about dating, flirting, and hooking up at karaoke. I'm real bad at all those things. Except for the karaoke part. You're pretty good at that. I'll give you I'm that. very I'm very good at the karaoke part. I, I was real bad at all the other things. We'll get into that, I'm sure. At least now you you are successfully dating and engaged. And, you know, like, oh, it worked out in the end. I eventually got to the point where I was the absolute best at it. Because obviously I'm winning. But I was real bad at it. Dur during our heyday, when I was like karaoke seven nights a week, I, I was real bad at this. So this is going to be um, an interesting ride for me, for sure. And we're going to find out how bad you are at some other things right now, Adam. And that, that includes trivia. I'm pretty bad at some trivia, especially music trivia. Did I tell you, Ed, that we went to a karaoke night where we had a great team assemble. We had the person that knows all the pop culture, current events. I, I was perfect in the sports round. I want us like a, a bucket of seltzers at this place we were doing trivia. Um, we were killing it, killing it, killing it. And then we hit the music round. And I think our team got three out of 10 questions in the music round because it was all music that's been released in the past five years. And none of us knew a fucking thing about music in the past five years. What we learned. We're getting a lot older. I do remember back when uh, music trivia was a thing locally here, our, our theme song giver, Ben Dumb, we were on a team with two people who let's just say are significantly younger than us. And uh, we answered like 90% of the questions. And anytime something came up that sounded like the dude singing it wore eyeliner, we just looked at them and we're like, help, help help were they able to help add the people want to know they were able to help Excellent. we won a lot back in the day i remember you missed like winning a lot back in the day and that's what i was like i started looking around like man we really really need a music person for this trivia so if the trivia we're going to do right now involves music i fully anticipate being real bad at it i will say this adam much like in the art of romance i'm a very gentle 
trivia giver, so I'm not going to try to pound you hard. You don't always have to do that. Unless that's what you ask for. That's fair. That's fair. So, Adam, are you ready to play some sexy song trivia? Yes, as long as you do promise to pound me gently with your music trivia. I promise I will. I'm going to cue the theme song for this trivia segment. And then we'll see if if I'm pounding you gently or not. Please pound me gently, Ed. That's all I ask. We got together, didn't we? We definitely got our podcast thing together, don't we, Adam? Isn't it nice? I mean, when you really, really sit and think about it, isn't it really, really nice? I can easily feel this game slipping more and more out of control into that sexy, sexy karaoke world with nobody but you and me. We got it together, Adam. Did that little bit of foreplay uh, warm you up, Adam? <laughs> it, it warmed me something right there. <laughs> that was um, that was an adventure, Ed. Okay, so this is how this is going to break down. I'm going to give you five questions. Pause, Ed. I can't get over it. You're just moving on. We're not going to talk about the fact that you tried to put on like a sexy voice right there. Like you were like, oh, oh, oh Adam, we're going to the podcasting game the whole way. Yeah, that was good. That was that was your voice, right, Ed? Yeah, yeah. God damn it. People. Okay, no, we're <laughs> fine now. I'm sorry. I just need to have that moment. We're something about five questions. Continue, continue, continue. I. So, Adam, this is five questions on some classically sexy songs. Nothing is too old. Nothing is too current. I feel like it's going to hit your sweet spot of things you know about music. Wait, wait can, we, can we define what classically sexy would be? No, this is all within your in your wheelhouse of the time periods that you know music from. Sure. sure. And the genres okay. you know music from. Sure. So are you ready? Out of five, let's say that everything is worth 50 points. How many points are you going to score today? 99. That's not mathematically possible. I'm going to make it happen somehow. That means you're going to get slightly less than two right. That's exactly it right there. You're going to be like, that was really close, but I can't give you full credit. I'm going to give you 49. There is one song that will have a hint. So no, Ed, I'm sorry. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. In, in lieu of the fact that this is a sexy show, the correct answer there was how many points am I get today? 69. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. So, Adam, are you ready? Oh, yeah. All right. Question one. President Barack Obama was our singingest president and sometimes sang some sexy ass songs. What 1972 Al Green song did he sing while on the campaign trail in 2012 at the Apollo in Harlem? Did he sing Let's Get It On? That's not that's not Al that's Green. That's not is an Al Green song, Adam. No. See, I don't know. See, I, this is going to be the problem with this. I don't know the sexy songs. Let's Get It On, Marvin Gaye. I will say you were a third of the way there with that title. Um, He wouldn't. Barack Obama would have sang Let's Get It On. You were a third of the way there in the title. That doesn't help at all. One of the words in the title is in the song. That doesn't help at all. Let's get it on. Dude, think about those four words that you're saying one of those is in a title. How many fucking songs have it in the title, Ed? Are you tapping out on this one? Yes. It's Let's Stay Together by Al Green. Yeah. I don't know if I could pick that song out of a lineup. Uh, I definitely can if you're singing it. I'm so in love with oh, you. Oh, I do know that one. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't know that. Like, I, that's something I would know to hear and like could sing along to. But I, just, I don't do well with titles. 
You don't do well with pressure. You don't do well with. <laughs> I do great with pressure. I do great with pressure. I just don't do song titles. This is the thing. This is the same. This is the same problem I have with names. Like I, I, if I hear somebody's voice and see them, I will recognize them, but I can't remember names. Like it's going to be entirely possible that you get your 69 points this round, Adam. Hell yeah. That's all I'm aiming for. So, uh, so that was a strike, but uh, question two, this classic 1991 hip hop song about sex and safe sex takes a sample from the equally sexy for the time period. I'll take you there. It, let's talk about sex. It is. And you didn't even need the hint because I had the, the staple singers queued up. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things. And that's not the, all that the rest of it because I knew the let's actually talk was about you, were, you were on track. Yeah. Let's talk about sex. All right. Cool. I got one. All right. So you have you have, you have uh, 50 points there. I'm going to try to lose some points to get down to that nine so I can try to hit that 69. Please don't lose on purpose, Adam. I would be so sad. Question three, this 1999 country song by Kenny Chesney talks about what really turns a woman on about Chesney, which I don't think is that much of a brag and is kind of weird, actually. Oh, it's very weird. Ed. This isn't this is an easy one. Is this this wasn't the gimme you gave me, right? I thought it was easy, but it's not the gimme. OK, yeah, because this is very weird. I still don't understand it. Like I get I get it's a metaphor for something different. I understand the symbolism there. But no one thinks your fucking tractor's sexy, Kenny Chesney. So what's the song title? She thinks my tractor's sexy. Okay. I just I had to make sure that you had the actual right answer. You, you knew the thing that she finds sexy. And yeah. Then, you know. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Yeah. I still don't understand it. She thinks my tractor's sexy. I'm not going to yuck someone's yum, but it's definitely not my yum. I will. That's uh, I get it. Oh. So that's that's 100 points for you, Adam. You're, you're, you're overachieving. I don't like this. I'm past 69 now. So question four. This is a song we've taken off at least one layer of clothes to while performing karaoke. Name the song and the artist so this isn't entirely too easy. I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. Woo, you got it. Got it in one. Yeah, got it in one. Hallelujah. I knew you'd at least remember that one. I can go for 169. Does that still count for something? So, last question. The song I parodied to introduce this game from 1974 is by an artist who was a talented singer, producer, and was the person whose spirit John Cage summoned on Ally McBeal when he was feeling flirty and frisky. He was sometimes called the Doctor of Love, the Prince of Pillow Talk, and the Walrus of Love. What is the name of this disco, funk, and soul icon? And your obsession with Ally McBeal, I feel like, is something we haven't talked about on the show yet. No, we haven't. No. I feel like we should come back to that. Now that you've broached the topic, we'll come back to that at some point with your obsession with Ally McBeal. But I do not have that obsession. I, I have no idea. Like, I'd be, I'd be just taking random stabs in the dark at this. Take a random stab in the dark. Who's a, who's a guy from the disco era who who sang in a bass baritone? Uh, Marvin Gaye. No. James Brown. No. I don't. I don't fucking know. Smoking. No. Smokey Robinson didn't have a baritone. It's Barry White, Adam. Oh, okay. That makes sense. How do you not know Barry White? I don't know names, Ed. I do know I have sang Barry White at karaoke before, though. <laughs> That's why I figured I figured you would at least have done that. So. Yeah, I, I, oh. I definitely have because people told me I should sing very white because I can do the let's get it on. That's also Marvin Gaye. Adam. Oh, wait, well, who's very white then? Who's very white? Wait, because your impression was great. But like, who, what did Barry White sing? Oh, my God. Oh, can't get enough of your love, babe. OK, that's one. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a gigantic disappointment right there. That's OK. I mean, you you scored some points. Did you have a good time doing it? Yeah, sort of, sort of, sort of until until I got kind of shamed there at the end. 
that's when the fun stopped right there. Started getting <laughs> started getting what music shamed for not recognizing Perry White, I guess. I'm sorry. I I, I don't mean to shame you. The, no, the game was fun. I I yeah, I had a blast with it, Ed. Thank you for putting it together. I was impressed that I scored higher than I thought I was going to, because I'm normally real bad at this. But you you did you you did pound me gently. So I do appreciate that. What are friends for, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's definitely for pounding gently and also looking out for each other and trying to hook each other up when they're out and about at the karaoke evenings, which I think this is a great segue, which is what I was trying to do. I've been working on my segues. Did I get it? No, I didn't get it, did I? I I, I think it worked. Oh, good. As long as you think it worked, then it worked. Let's talk about some sexy shit now. Let's talk about karaoke. Let's talk about dating, flirting, karaoke romances. All of the things, are we talking about romance at karaoke or just romances that are formed at karaoke, Ed? They're kind of the same thing, aren't they, Adam? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're the same thing. Like, there's, like, we've had, like, we've had guests on our podcast that have come on and talked about, like, singing karaoke with their spouses before. And I just wonder if we want to wander down the same road. Are we talking about these romances that karaoke is an important part of or, like, the ones that, like, you go to a karaoke night trying to, uh, you know, get yourself a little something-something? as the kids used to say, and I definitely don't think they say that anymore. No, I don't think they say that anymore, Adam, either. No, I was thinking more along the lines of meeting people at karaoke, flirting with people at karaoke, possibly leading to relationships. I mean, I'm going to just level this part out flat right now. Every relationship I've been in since the time that you and I started doing this on the regular, whether it was for years or just for a night, they all started at karaoke. I can see that just as long as I've known you. I mean, most of the, your relationships have had some sort of karaoke element to them. Let's talk about that, Ed. Yeah. So was it like when you like as these relationships formed, was it because do you think karaoke contributed to the relationship happening? Do you think karaoke was a byproduct and something your partner would just had to accept as you entered into a relationship? Give the people some flavor about the origins here. Well, by and large. These were all people I met at karaoke, including the the people from when I was in grad school, because I mean, I might have known them through grad school, but karaoke is where everything kind of started with anything that was romantic or sexual in nature. And the thing is, it's a really good way to meet people just in general, right? Yeah, no, it's it's a great way to meet people in general, because I mean, you have something in common, I, I guess, right off the bat when somebody is at a karaoke night, you know, if they're actively participating in a karaoke night, you have something in common, you have an icebreaker that's naturally built in there. Uh, whether you know it or not, it's there. It's just a great way to like, because you're out on the ballot, it shows that you're being social, you can be social, you can be entertaining, you're co- like, there's a bravado that goes to karaoke, a swagger that you need to have to a certain extent that is incredibly sexy when people have that swagger on stage. You get me every time, Ed, because you may not be able to sing like an angel or even the devil, because I think the devil will probably have a pretty good voice, too, you know, because that's a lore people, you know, like uh, but we can get into what the devil sounds like later. I think that's a good topic for karaoke podcast. But your, your bravado on stage, your confidence on stage is unparalleled. Like, and that's a sexy thing. That's like, I think that's a sexy thing when you get on stage. It takes this five and makes it a seven. Uh, oh, a high seven, like a 7.2. Either that or a strong 6.9. Nice. Nice. No, but that bravado on stage, like, yeah, it, it definitely can raise somebody up and you have that natural thing in there. Did you ever try to like seduce anybody on stage? Ed? Did you get up there and sing songs? Did you like, you know what? I bet this person... I know this person's really, really into this artist. I'm going to sing this artist just so I can wink. Just just so I can wink? Just so you can wink? Uh, No, actually. (laughs) 
that never was a thing that ever even occurred to me at any given time. I'm very selfish when it comes to my karaoke and I, I, I just sing what I want to sing and I sing what I don't want to sing if it comes up on like a karaoke roulette wheel, which is really the way I prefer to do karaoke. I like to be surprised. But there have been times where I sang a song that was maybe sexier than I intended. Ooh, one thing led to I just remember one time being at a at a bar with a, a DJ we used to go see. And I sang I'm Your Man, the uh, Michael Buble oh, yeah. cover of Leonard Cohen. Mm -hmm. And he just looks at me afterwards he's like, you trying to get laid tonight, dog? Were you trying to get laid that night, Ed? No, actually, I wasn't. Then I looked at him and I thought, you know, hey, if your if your wife doesn't mind. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The unintentional sexiness happens sometimes. There is a danger to it. Do you think that that's like one of the dangers? Like we're, we're going to get into like moved part because we OK, we've established that karaoke. Great. Yeah. We've talked about this to the end of the fucking earth. The karaoke is a great place to meet people. Um, there's a sexiness to the bravado. Have you ever noticed somebody find themselves in a potentially dangerous situation, either for their own good or their health because of karaoke, because of something that formed a karaoke relationship that formed a karaoke? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people can be toxic. Yeah. You're not guaranteed not to meet a toxic person just because you guys share a hobby or, and a love of music together. Aside from that, I mean, that's just a given. People can be toxic. Yeah. Relationships can be dangerous. The other issue with that is, you know, if you're doing karaoke and somebody finds it or you or your performance very attractive, like you said earlier, there's a positive side to that icebreaker and there's a negative side to that icebreaker. You know, if you uh, get up and sing a really sexy song and it leads to some creep hitting on you all night long, mm obnoxiously i mean that's that is a risk but that's also just a risk of being out and being in the world yeah have you ever had like somebody come up and just like latch themselves onto you after you sang karaoke yeah, that you didn't want them because you're you're a very friendly person you're normally looking for people out and about saying you know hang out with me and like finding people that are really passionate about what they do or really interesting in any way shape or form but like, I want to know if there's ever been a person that said, man, that dude, like I latch onto you and you were like, kind of like, ooh, no, please get away. That doesn't usually happen to me. And the reason is, I mean, I sound one way on the podcast, but let's face it. I look like a bulldog. I'm a thick, stocky, bald guy, and I've got a really good death glare. So if, if I'm ever in a situation like that, I give my really good death glare and people tend to back off. It's one of the privileges of being. But at the same time, though, Ed, you also like you either give the bulldog stare and then you have the puppy dog eyes. Though. So it's like a grown ass bulldog that will like hurt you is the stare you can give. But then you turn on the puppy dog eyes and people will swoon to you in different the other direction. When it's a bad situation, the puppy dog eyes don't come out like I'm very good at establishing my boundaries really quickly, really decisively. And that's one of the benefits to being and looking, you know, the way I look and am shaped it can be intimidating sometimes yeah i tend to like get people to try to like latch on me too i'm not so good about like separating in that way i don't necessarily have a death stare like my entire presence is kind of intimidating when you meet me it doesn't happen to me very often i'm i'm six five and i think we've probably talked about my height before and i'm like very very certain that it's either you're either extremely attracted to like my height or you just want nothing to do with somebody as tall as i am and it goes both of those ways. I feel like it's one or the other. And there's nothing in between. So if, if for people who don't know me or don't aren't in a situation where they're really going to get to know me. And just because you've heard me sing Johnny Cash doesn't mean you know me. You know, just because you've heard me rap doesn't mean you know me. So I, I feel like I've been found myself in 
interesting situations for people to latch on. I mean, I do remember one situation where somebody's father really encouraged you to, let's say, date his daughter. Oh I guess this almost is an appropriate time to talk about that story. Hi, Ed. For, for the dangers of karaoke romance, do you don't think you don't think this would be an appropriate time? I think there's parts of the story you leave out, but yeah, absolutely roll with it, sir. There are parts of the story I will leave out for, I don't know, whatever purposes, because some of them are just uh, a little different. Uh, the long and short of it is uh, I, you know, I make friends through karaoke. I was in a strange place where I didn't literally move somewhere in the country where I knew nobody and decided I was going to go do karaoke because this is how I make friends. Walk into a bar, drop some man in black on him from Johnny Cash, sit down at the bar, immediately get pulled up. Uh, some dude says, you should come and meet my daughter. Talk to her. She loved your performance. I loved your performance. Come and sit and have a beer with us. So I said, OK, I went back and I was not into this person, but I was starting to be entrapped by the father to a certain extent, like and me being a nice guy, I have a tough time drawing those boundaries. So I found myself in a situation that it was like, I mean, it was always it was going to end well, like the negative consequences were not negative at all. Like I was maybe hurt someone's feelings by leaving too soon, which I think I did after I danced with them because, you know, I was like, I'll get to know him a little bit better, get the father away because the father was singing Wonderful Tonight by Eric Clapton. I had an interesting conversation with this person that I was not into again. And I looked up at the father and the father, like my hands were, uh, you know, leave room for the Holy Spirit up around the shoulders as we were dancing. And I look at the father and the father is like making a gesture with his hands, the point that my hands should be lower on his daughter's body. <sighs> yeah, that's exactly the appropriate reaction. That was the point where I realized I need to get the hell out of here. So I sat down and I did the cordial thing. Hey, good seeing you. Chugged my beer. And he's like, oh, no, stick around. You still have beer. And he poured me another one. I chugged that beer and then walked right out the door. So I found myself in an uncomfortable situation like there. Uh, I'm glad I did it. I, you know, like I said, most of the time I have success. So I'm going out. But this is just one of the dangers that can happen. Those weren't necessarily toxic people. They just weren't people I wanted to be around. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think there's a difference there, too. There's yeah. a difference between somebody that's toxic and dangerous and not good for you and people that you just don't have anything in common with, that you just don't want to be around, that you feel kind of creeped out by the situation. And I think that's the most the biggest danger. I think uh, I'd associate with karaoke you can find yourself in situations where you're just a little creeped out or kind of feel your skin crawl. And those are not great situations. Yeah. And I mean, those things can happen. You know, whether you're at karaoke or really anywhere that you're out in public and it's important to factor that in, you know, maintain your safety, maintain your comfort level, maintain what your boundaries are. But that's just good, solid advice for anything, I think. Oh, it is. No, and it's something I've learned the hard way sometimes, but, to, you know, to understand what your boundaries are and really draw a firm line. And that goes with karaoke and life when it comes to interacting with people and the songs you choose to do. And, you know, just don't put yourself in a, a situation where you feel uncomfortable. But for these negative situations, the dangers of karaoke, I, I, I've seen way, 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 way many more karaoke relationships and friendships come out from karaoke. And you touched on it briefly. Seriously, like all of your relationships have come out of karaoke in some way, shape or form since we've known each other. Anything that was of a romantic or sexual nature. Yes. But a lot of the friendships as well. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of people that are currently in the grad program that I graduated from back when we first met. And it's not like I know them because I 
paid the money that that school is asking me to donate. I, I've never responded to one of those emails. No, they're, again, people who I have met at karaoke now that I live in that town again. When I moved away the first time from there, a lot of the friends that we made were from karaoke in, in a new town. You know, you I moved there, you came. If you think about it, if you if you counted down, we have at least 20 friends in common that we would not have known had we not been such karaoke addicts. Oh, I don't think I would have any friends from Indiana without being a karaoke addict. And that's just straight up um, because or Evansburg, really. No, or Evansburg. Yeah, because that extends out that way. Yeah, I, I really don't think I would have made any like I had some friends in like, you know, like the Johnstown area uh, because I grew up there. But I don't think I would have made any friends in the Indiana or Evansburg area without karaoke. And that's just because, guys, listen, bars suck. I mean, they're great, but they suck. They suck, especially if you're by yourself. They suck. They're not a great place to meet people. They're not a great place to talk to people. They're not a great place to form friendships. Karaoke is. Karaoke like gives you an avenue to make these friendships, to form these romantic relationships or just relationships because you have something in common. Like, what the fuck do you talk about at the bar with somebody? The conversations I have at bars with people when I'm sitting by myself are sports and beer. That's it. I've never had, and none of those are meaningful relationships. I've never formed a friendship with somebody because we lamented about how much the Steelers were sucking that week or what good IPA was added to the brewery I'm at. It's like friendships never form from that. There's, I don't feel like that lays a foundation for you. Being vulnerable and confident and sharing that part of yourself and singing, like there's a, a, a human connection that occurs there. So of course, it's going to breed friendships. Of course, it's going to breed relationships. Of course, people are going to want to have sex with each other after hearing each other sing. Like, it's just like the emotional vulnerability that it creates. It's just I'm sure that my life would have been a lot less fun and definitely a lot less sexy had karaoke not been a big part of it for the past 25 percent of my life. Yeah. And the only thing I've ever found that's comparable is theater. Theater people are horny as hell. Yeah. And they're like, those are the friends that I made in Pittsburgh. Where we're a theater, like a lot of my friends that I'm pulling a lot of them are going to be, you know, people that I'm going to be excited to have at my wedding or people that I'm just going to be like, I know I'm going to stay in touch with for the rest of my life or friendships that I form very quickly, my very quick time in the Pittsburgh theater scene, because it allows that same kind of connection where, you know, you have something in common and you're exploring a vulnerable space together and you're being vulnerable and trusting the people there and i think that happens at at karaoke nights too because like no matter how confident you are like you're still being vulnerable when you're singing on stage and you're trusting the people there aren't going to be complete and utter dicks about it and if they are complete and utter dicks about it you trust somebody and there's going to walk over and smack them in the face for being a complete and utter dick about it absolutely you have to get to a certain level of intimacy and comfort for a person before you can let them boo you for singing Mr. Jones by Cannon Crows. Yeah, but once you hit that level, it's a beautiful place because then you have somebody that you know is going to give their honest opinion if they're you're really bad on stage. That's a nice part to hit right there because I feel like everybody wants to be polite, but it's nice when you have somebody that you're like, hey, man, not your best effort. Don't try that shit again. Cool. Or they actively boo you, but you love them anyway. I love you, Adam Wainwright. I love you too, Ed Kennard. There's just so much love to go around. And I think our next guest is a big proponent in love going around. And I can't wait. I can't wait for people to hear this interview. They're such a trip to talk to. And they were all about love going around in so many ways. And I get to be I was OK. Let me let me preface everything here. I'm willing to share myself. And they 
took me to an uncomfortable place, but I appreciate the fact that they've had me discuss the things I did. So they made us comfortable in our discomfort. That's the best thing ever. When somebody can make you feel uncomfortable in your uncomfortable spaces, I think that's one of the highest compliments you can give a person. I really, 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 really do. Is that somebody you feel comfortable being uncomfortable with? I think it's a great way to summarize what's about to happen with our interview with our next guest. Absolutely. It was a wonderful three-way conversation. It sure was. So everybody, uh, be prepared to be comfortably uncomfortable and cue the guitar. We know that a big draw for being out and about heading to the bar and singing karaoke is the thrill of meeting new people. And hmm maybe more wink wink so who better to have on an episode on dating and hooking up at karaoke than someone with her own dating and sex themed podcast the honey leave it show welcome to the greatest song ever sung poorly honey hi how are you hi hi thank you so much for having me i'm so excited to be here and talk about sexy songs and uh sexy karaoke hookups Fantastic. This is bound to be our sexiest episode yet. And if you 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 are seeing Ed and I right now, you know that every episode we have is just slightly sexy, just a little bit sexiest, but we're ramping up our sexiness for this episode. So we're happy you're here with us. I'm so happy that you are doing that. I love a sexy space. Yeah, we we're here to create a sexy space and we're 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 here for this in general. So first off, we need you we start with this with every guest we have on the show because we okay. love a good story. We love a good karaoke backstory, okay? So okay. paint me a picture. Tell me how did you get started with a karaoke obsession? So I I used to be an actor and I trained in musical theater and you know, I used to do all that stuff. But for some reason the thought of doing karaoke was like mortifying to me. Like I felt like personally anxious and embarrassed whenever I was around karaoke and I wouldn't do it. And I would feel embarrassed for the people who were doing it. And I can't remember how exactly I got over myself, but I think it was my partner when we got engaged about eight or nine years ago, uh, you know, he, he had talked about doing karaoke and how much he liked it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it. And we're, and our engagement party will be a karaoke party. So we went to one of the Midtown Manhattan karaoke bars and got a room. And uh, I'm so glad we did because I had such a good time. And I really understood finally that it's really not about like how good you sing and how good you sound. It's not about performing well. It's just about picking something you love and bonding with your friends over the songs that you all love. And that's, that was really fun. And so ever since then, I've been doing karaoke like a few times a year with the same group of friends. I have, uh, there's a group of people who are mostly friends with my partner, but, and I really only see them at karaoke, <laughs> but they're like my karaoke friends. And like, I, I love it. That's me. I always love hearing a good story about like, and that's a great way to put it too, is like really bonding over karaoke and making it something that you love mm-hmm. and it, making it be about that. Not about the quality of the performance, not about the quality of the singing, but just about something you love. So that's an excellent way to put that. And I love that so, so very much. Ed, don't you agree? Oh yeah, I mean that's fantastic. That's that's the best way to do it. Before we get into today's actual topic, let's clear the air on something that we that we talked about when we were scheduling this. You've never used karaoke as a thing for hooking up before then, right? I have not. Mostly because all of the people that I do karaoke with are already friends with me and my partner and it's not a hard rule that we have about about not hooking up with mutual friends, but we generally don't because it can just get messy and weird. And also like, you know, karaoke for me is like church. Like I'm at church at karaoke. Like I'm, you know, I'll, although now that I say that people absolutely hook up at church. So, but like, it's it's that important, uh, you know, so it's more, it's more about the singing for me. However, 
the last time I did karaoke with my group, one of my friends came and she ended up like making out with this other person at the karaoke party, like sort of out in front of all of us. And it was like really, honestly, I was so uncomfortable, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> like I'm, I'm comfortable with everything, but like my friend is like, she's kind of like my sister. So it was like, it was like watching my sister and my niece make out with somebody. It was like, I was like, no, oh my God, I was like scandalized. But you know, nobody cared that much. It was just, they were just kind of like, okay, this is happening. That's one of the unspoken benefits of the private room karaoke is it does kind of, it can take things back to that party in your friend's parents' basement. Yeah. You know, where it's bordering on spin the bottle, except the bottle's a lot more expensive with bottle service prices. Yeah, but we don't, we don't do bottle service. Oh, and the place that we go, and one of the benefits of it is that it's a, it's a bring your own. So. Oh. Oh, and get everything that we're going to drink. I don't drink alcohol or do drugs anymore. I'm a recovering addict. So I get, you know, soda. Sometimes I, I actually have this throat coat tea, mm -hmm. which sometimes I will, it's, it's for colds, but it also like coats your throat really nicely. So like, if I'm, if I know I'm going to sing like a serious song that needs a lot of like, umph, I will actually just like brew some of my tea at home and bring it to karaoke. That's a great idea. That's part of prep for karaoke. I love it. Okay. Yeah. You need, give me an example of a song you would use some, like you knew you were going to sing this song tonight. I need to brew the throat coat tea now because I'm going to bust this one out. Anything by Kate Bush or George Michael. Mm, yeah, fair. anything, anything about either one of them. Kate Bush is like, um, you know, George Michael is one of my favorites. I think uh, One More Try by George Michael is like, maybe my absolutely favorite karaoke song to do. But there's, you know, there's, it's vocal, you know, it's vocally complicated. He's, he was an amazing singer. And Kate Bush is similar. And she does some really high notes. And she does some really operatic shit. So I'm never going to like sing as well as either of them, but like, I want to give it my best. Yeah. that's all you can do is just give it your best. And you know what? I want to, I want to come back to a point you made earlier. Cause it's funny. We've talked to, I'm not an aspiring actor, but I'm somebody who enjoys being on stage and acting and familiar with musical theater. And we've talked to a couple of people who've done musical theater or raised in that kind of life. And they've had the same opinion about karaoke for whatever reason, there was a barrier there. They were perfectly comfortable getting on stage where everything was, you know, they had lines, they had choreography, they had everything detailed knew what they were doing but for some reason getting on stage by yourself and representing themselves was just this terrifying thing it's not so much about representing myself on stage that was okay with me i think it was the fact that like you know what was so embarrassing about it for me was the was the varying talents of the singers and i was like don't mm. these people know they can't sing and it was like yeah no i didn't realize that yes they know they can't sing that's not the point <laughs> <laughs> they're still going to sing as loud as they can to the song that they love. That's exactly it. That's the only reason Ed does karaoke. That's pretty mm -hmm. much it. I was going to say it, but Adam beat me to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't matter <laughs> if you're passionate about the song, it comes through and everybody has a good time. Absolutely. But okay. So we, we've talked a little bit about, you know, hooking up, but what, what about flirting? What, what about oh, flirting? Yeah. No, I'll flirt with anybody anytime at karaoke. Yeah. Uh, but usually it's, I mean, also it, it kind of depends on the setting again like the the friends that i do it with regularly probably not but like if we're at this karaoke place near union square in manhattan where we sometimes go you know there's rooms and then there's the bar and then there's like the hallway where people are waiting for the bathroom and there's all kinds of people to talk to yeah i'll super duper flirt there do P you see people flirting through songs like you ever notice that with like maybe your friends that you caught flirting that all of a sudden they like they change their song selection they'll be like oh you like this person, hmm, yeah. I bet I could sing that person. That's a good, that's a good question. I'm not sure specifically, but you know what this 
I'm gonna not answer your question and say right. and tell you another story. Do it. <laughs> tell me. A, tell me a different story. That's great. <laughs> I love it. I I have a, one of my best friends in the world lives in East Atlanta Village, which is a neighborhood in Atlanta, and they go to this bar called Mary's Atlanta. And um, Mary's Atlanta is a gay bar, street friendly gay bar, and it's really fun. And they got a big space, and they do have a karaoke night on weekends. When we went there, I didn't sign up for karaoke because I just wanted to hang out with my friends and talk, you know, but we definitely watched the karaoke. And there was this bartender there and I noticed her immediately because she was gorgeous. And she had this this very like biker chick aesthetic, like long, dark hair, black clothes, black eyeliner. And she was so cute and so tough looking. And I had like, I was just like, oh, she's so cute. My friend was like, oh, you know, she totally like, her and her partner like totally love like hooking up with women. And I was just like, oh really? Like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm so excited. And then she did karaoke and she did Mother by Danzig, which is a great song. And she fucking belted it out and it was so awesome. And I was so intimidated I didn't talk to her because I was like so into her. <laughs> that sounds like- that, that, was when, that was an example of where karaoke, like like it it like flatlined my flirting. I was like, I'm, I was like, this woman is too good for me. I can't talk to her. That was, this sounds like me every time I bet it was a karaoke with Ed. Ed. Ed can attest to this. When I was out of karaoke, like I would start flirting and then immediately just get intimidated and be like, well, no, that was it. I, I will say this at watching Adam flirt. He never got to the actual flirting part ever. Aww. Not once. It's adorable. I mean, he's so, he's so adorably awkward. Aw, you know, there's something with not flirt heavily flirting, like right off the yeah. bat, especially, and I don't know you, Adam, so I don't know if you're interested in men, women, or both. Uh, women, yeah. Okay, so women. So, mm -hmm. so, and like, and this isn't across the board, but like, you know, women are trying to get laid and also trying not to get murdered. So like, if you're flirting with them too hard, then they're just, then, it's, then they feel unsafe. So. Oh no, let me, let me explain. Ad Adam is adorable and very engaging and very outgoing until he has an interest in somebody and then it's um do you like shoes <laughs> he becomes he becomes absolutely incapable of speaking sentences that people understand yeah i know the feeling i mean i think that's really common because if you really like somebody then like the stakes are a lot higher and like you don't want to embarrass yourself that makes sense I've never been good with icebreakers is what it was like. Um, like I was especially my younger years. I've been, you know, in, in a relationship for the past three years. We just got engaged back in August. So things have, you know, settled down, worked out for me. But when I was younger, like I was that thing, like where I understood, like I, I had the concept in my head that, you know, it's like I was just another guy at the bar and like I didn't want to press and stuff like that. I never could gauge with somebody who's interested. And I didn't want to bother somebody as they were having fun at the bar. So I always looked at it like that. I didn't want to be just somebody that was like pulling away from their friends or out from when they're out trying to have a good time. And I'm like, I'm having a great time right here. I don't want to cause somebody's night to be thrown off or be a bother to somebody. So I can have fun. So like it was a lot of balancing my own interests. And something I've learned to deal with is, you know, and understand is I've gotten older and started, you know, just opening myself up more and educating myself. So it's been a steady growth thing and it's worked out great for me but it was like i still remember those days and the, the barriers so flirting at karaoke i should have been able to flirt i can sing johnny cat like johnny cash was my in at karaoke places that's what i do so like i can ha i have that voice that can do that and i'd have people come up and talk to me and now i'm just rambling about this and i'm sorry but like it was just an interesting time for me and it was a growth thing but this is something that i think karaoke in a way helped me open up myself to and you yeah. know get to know people and introduce the people and no no this is great this is great and listen here's what i think about flirting at karaoke most everybody's there for 
to do karaoke, but there's drinking, it's at night, you know, some people are definitely like open to hooking up. I think if you just say to somebody like, you know, I really like the song that you chose and you did a great job and just see how receptive they are, then that's all you have to do. And it couldn't hurt to do it after one of your Johnny Cash songs so that they can, cause yeah, no, if I heard a guy sing Johnny Cash well, I would be interested for sure. And, and that's kind of like what I'm getting at with it is it is an instant, opening and in then it doesn't have to be aggressive but it, it's it's a way to talk to somebody and you clearly already have something in common if you are closing down a karaoke bar in a large yeah. group of people i have a friend that you guys should interview and I'll, I'll talk to you guys about it afterwards um because this person i know goes to lower east side karaoke bars to get laid and is very successful so i'll i bet they have some good stories some good sexy karaoke stories for you that's great because like i said we're just trying to ramp up the sexiness of this podcast now like we've started to get the karaoke down we've got the we've got the theme established and we realize we need to step up the sexy level so thank you for raise helping us raise our sexy quoted absolutely can i share with you guys about the annual sexy karaoke that my group of friends does yes absolutely no question we want to hear this every summer they do, um, you know, my friend who organizes it, he's um, a music journalist and he's very serious about music and he likes to have like a theme night. So in mid-February, we always do a sad songs karaoke and you are not allowed to do any song that isn't sad. And it can't just be a song that's sad to you. Just be like, well, there's something sad about the song. It has to be a sad song. And we do those in February and it's so fun. We do it like right out, usually the week after Valentine's Day. So it's perfect time. But in the summer, we do sexy karaoke. And it's the same thing. The song has to be sexy. It can't just be like, oh, there's a little thing. It's like, it has to be a sexy song. And those are so fun and so horny and so ridiculous. And I'm sure people have hooked up at those, although it is a lot of couples, so. That would be a great place for me to break out my Leonard Cohen, yeah. I'm Your Man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just discovered a song that I am. I have saved to my Spotify. I cannot wait to do it at karaoke. It is Greg Allman's I'm No Angel. It is the horniest fucking song. I love it so much. Oh, God, I love this song. I was going to ask about some of the sexiness songs that get sung at this because I can see sad songs being something that it has to be a sad song. There's no debating about it. Like, we get it. You know, Ed and I closed the bar down by purposely like driving people out by singing sad songs one night where I sang Suzanne by Leonard Cohen. He sang In the Wee Small Hours of the Morning by Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Like, no, and those are beautiful sad songs. But yeah, yeah, yeah nobody feels like partying uh, or having sex after Su Suzanne. No, but the sexy songs, I want to know, because sexiness is something that varies a lot from person to person. So I'm curious what some of the sexy songs are brought to the table were. I make... I do my homework. I am a nerd. I have playlists on Spotify and YouTube for karaoke specifically. I keep a running playlist of things I want to try. And then I also have whenever after each karaoke night that we do, I'll actually create a separate smaller playlist for my just for myself of the songs that I did that day with a date on it. So okay, sexy karaoke. Here we go. Ed and I definitely do the same thing. Just just an FYI or some variation of that. I stopped after a while and I regret it because I would love to have like an actual record of everything I've done. Yeah, I, I, you know, music has, you know, there's a universal thing about the way that you feel, the way you're able to experience your emotions when there's music on, when it's a song that you love. And I think the songs that we choose and, and share with each other, I think they're significant. So, I, you know, I like having a little list. It's so funny because I'm I'm scrolling through and like honestly almost all of these are sad songs. I've got so few. 
It's things things that are sad can be sexy though. Like it's, yeah, you know? um, but if I'm gonna do sexy, I also want it to be like a party song. Here's a song I've never done at karaoke, but I really want to. I'm still learning it. It's super bass by Nicki Minaj. It, there's rap and singing. The rap is so rapid and it's so good that I'm I'm intimidated by the song. So I haven't done it yet. I think Ed and I have both done that song at karaoke, just an we FYI. Have? I'm pretty sure I'm we both so have. Because we're both bass. Yeah. So it is actually super so bass. The super mm-hmm. bass. Yeah, I really like it. Last time we did sexy karaoke, I did I did do a sad karaoke, a sad sexy karaoke song. I love Motown from like the sixties and some from the seventies. And I did the darkened of the street. Do you guys know that song? Mm-hmm. And uh it was it's a very sexy song. It's about basically like cheating and like having to like hide and sneak away with your lover. I love it. I also did a song that I think is so sexy. I did, oh God, what is that song? It's um, Uptown Funk. Oh yeah. Uptown oh, Funk yeah. is such a good karaoke song to do because it's so high energy and it's about like, you know, hanging out with your friends and partying. However, if you're shy in any way, it's not a good song to do because you have to have, you can't, if you can't sing like Bruno Mars and I definitely can't, you have to have confidence to do it. I had, a, oh, yeah. I did, I did that song at, at, at karaoke and it was a big hit. And then all of my, husband's friends who are guys are like came up to me after and was like that was really good (laughs) yes yes i know it was get away from me (laughs) (laughs) okay okay so let's say somebody was trying to flirt with you at a karaoke night okay it's it's bound to happen uh what's the best song they could do to catch your attention and what song would make you say nope okay songs that would make me say nope anything by billy joel anything by I'm going to say Led Zeppelin. Not that I don't lo- love Led Zeppelin. It's just a vibe. Hobbits are only so horny and half of their songs are about hobbits. Aqualung, that's not going to get me. What else do I hate? There's so many things I hate. Billy Joel, Phil Collins, don't like Phil Collins, hate Phil Collins, don't understand it. I understand, you know, people like him, don't like him. However, Peter Gabriel from the 80s, that would get me. Oh, that's mm-hmm. the one. If somebody did "Your Eyes" by In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel from the So album, that would be it. That would be it. Especially if they did it well. Oh my God. And had the boom box like no, you no, say no. anything? <laughs> <laughs> That's not in my fantasy. That, that movie was, was I love that movie, but uh, as an adult, I'm like, that's a very toxic relationship. And that and what he did was, mm-hmm. was uh, stalking and harassing. <laughs> it's kind of like, as you grow older and you, know, you learn things and you start looking back at like some of the old movies that we loved as kids, isn't it really sad how you look back at a lot of these relationships are very, very, very toxic that are depicted yes. in movies from that it era? It is sad. And I'll tell you- it's Sad. My favorite movie when I was a teenager was The Breakfast Club. And I was- a teenager mm-hmm. in the 90s. So, you know, the Breakfast Club was already like 15 years old, but it, you know, I just loved it. And I loved Judd Nelson's character, this sort of bad boy, you know, with behavior problems, who's like mean on the outside and soft on the inside. And like, I went after every boy I could find that was like that. And I got burned over and over again. And it wasn't so much trying to fix them. It was like, it was like, it was like, you know, I'm looking at this person who is, you know, an asshole. And I'm like, inside, he's probably really sensitive. And like, just want somebody to love him. And like, that could be me. But I'm just decided to believe people when they're assholes on the outside and not worry about what might be inside. And that's served me a lot better. A lot better. I was in a stage production at the Breakfast Club. <laughs> I played Vice Principal. <laughs> I kid you not. So I was working with a, a theater in Pittsburgh because I got 
very involved with the theater scene in Pittsburgh. And one of the theaters I was working with had auditions for The Breakfast Club. I found out later what they did is they typed out the script for the movie and just decided they're going to put it on because it's right. Because right. yeah. well, they don't. There's not a stage production of it, but they did a great job with it. I was in it. Right. And I got to play Vice Principal Vernon. Sorry. And that it was no, it was great. I, I just just for the fact that it was such a weird thing. So we opened up Friday night and it was what a really big house for a play. I stepped on stage and people cheered before I said a word, and it was the most disarming thing ever on a stage. I love that actor. He's great. He always plays bad guys, he's but he's he's a great actor. He's really good. Bad guys are fun. They, to play. Yeah, no, they are. I from a, from a, from a young kid, whenever I got cast in anything, I was always the villain or the whore, mm-hmm. always. And I, at some point, was like, why am I never cast as the ingenue? And then I was like, you know what? These these roles are more interesting. So I was Abigail in The Crucible. I was I was the lead character in As Bees and Honey Drown in, uh, actually at the Queen's Theater in the Park in the late 90s. That actually got, got I actually got reviewed by uh, Newsday and got a good review in that show. Wow. Who else? I play, there's this short play by Tennessee Williams called The Lady of Larkspur Lotion. It's very obscure, but my um, acting teacher and his mentor loved every Tennessee Williams everything. So they cast me in that and like, oh, they were so like living vicariously. They were just like, you know, they were very like particular about my my clothes and my hair and my everything. And I was like, I know that you wish this was you right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, For whatever reason, I was always typecast as the gay guy. And that's one of the things I actually wanted to bring up is I love the positivity of your space on the internet, like your podcast in particular, you know, your sex positive, sex worker positive, pro alphabet mafia across the board. Some of the places that have karaoke are not necessarily the most welcoming for that kind of stuff. So as somebody who is a sex and dating expert, what advice do you have for people like navigating that kind of scene where it's not necessarily the safest environment sometimes for certain identities sure first of all let me just say that my expertise is only is anecdotal and it's li- it's only my lived experience and uh, i can be wrong and often am i would say whatever city you're in there's a gay bar that has a karaoke night whatever city you're in there's one and if you're in a small town then there it, within two hours of your small town there's a gay bar that has a karaoke night and i would start there for sure also, you know, you don't have to hook up at karaoke right away. <laughs> you could just make a few friends first and then you'll have people to sing with, you know, if you do want to hook up with somebody. Yeah. Oh, and pick a college town if you can, because uh, everybody's young and hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's where Ed and I got our start was a college town, yeah. actually, and where we really became like best friends where we were doing karaoke about six nights a week was in a college town in Pennsylvania. Which one? And also six nights a week. Jesus Christ. I do it six times a year. We were in uh, Indiana, Pennsylvania. IUP okay. was the school. We were both living out there. And like we are on a regular, I think we were doing three to four nights a week. But we did decide we were going to do, um, we had a perfect week once is what we call it. A perfect uh, week. That does sound like a perfect week. My vo- my throat would be sore because I, I like to, I, I have some technique, but I, I do, but I, you know, and so, but I, I really, str- I'll push, I'll push myself and my, my throat will get sore. I describe my singing as making noises into a microphone. So okay. that's all you got. He makes, yeah, he I'm, makes very nice noises sometimes, though. Like they're very nice say, noises. Like, yeah, I think the first night that I was introduced to this particular group of karaoke friends that I that I was with, it was very memorable for me because they didn't never heard me sing, 
And the first song that I picked was One More Try by George Michael, which is, um, it was a sad song karaoke. And it is a sad song, but it's also very sexy. Anything that George Michael sings is sexy. And as much as I love George Michael's voice, there's really only like five or six of his songs that I actually like. And I would love to do Freedom 90 at karaoke, but it's too long and there's too much, there's too much overlapping vocals. It's just actually, unfortunately, a wonderful song to dance to. And in my opinion, not a good karaoke song. So I did one more try. And so for the people who didn't know me, everything, everybody stopped and they looked at me and then they started chanting my name as I was singing. <laughs> it was awesome. That was like a top. Oh, so fun. Yeah, that was so fun. Do you guys, are you into musical theater? Do you do show tunes at karaoke? Oh, oh. Um, <laughs> very much so. Yes. Listen, yes. The answer to that is, is very, 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 very much. Yes. I try to like, and we've actually had talked about this about trying to like work show tunes into karaoke and which ones are appropriate. And we've had trivia things. And the only video of me on our, on our podcast, Twitter is me dressed up as Frankenfurter singing sweet transvestite. Oh yeah. 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 That's awesome. On our Twitter, we actually have dueling Frankenfurters because I posted me dressed as Frankenfurter singing sweet transvestite too. You don't actually get to see, but you can see Ed and I dressed as Frankenfurter on our Twitter. So if I was in a room where I knew somebody liked musical theater, and I wanted to flirt with them. I would do mine hair from Cabaret. You have to understand the way I'm mine hair. It's so good. No, I love it because it's about it's about a woman who sleeps around, fully possessed of her own sexuality. I would not do that if I was trying to attract a woman, though. What I have noticed in myself is that my upfront style of flirting is great with men, and it and it scares women off. I am terrible at flirting with women. So I super duper empathize. I, I probably should have figured out some things a lot sooner, realizing that my first celebrity crush was Liza Minnelli. God bless her. She's so fucking talented. She's so great. That film version of Cabaret is so, so hot and sexy. The choreography, I know Bob Fosse was kind of a monster, but you know, the choreography is very sexy and Liza's very sexy. And that group of dancers are so fucking sexy. And even Joel Grey's a little sexy in that movie. And that's not easy. <laughs> there is. Cabaret's just a sexy show, honestly. Like that, I've actually sang, yeah. I sang maybe this time at karaoke before. I've, I've done that one before too. I love maybe this yeah. time. Oh, because it's also, it's sad, but it is a little sexy, but honestly, it's mostly sad. Mostly sad. Yeah, mostly sad. It's fun channeling Sally Bowles and like that emotion that she's going through in that story. Oh my God. It feels, it's just a good song to sing. It feels good. You know what else feels good? This conversation feels really good. That sounded like a transition to uh, you doing an advertisement for some kind of toilet. You know, you know what else feels good? The Squatty Potty. <laughs> oh, you know about the Squatty Potty? Of course, I listen to podcasts. That was a joke, but it was also meant as a compliment. You have an excellent voice for transition. So would you like to play a sexy game with Let's us? Let's play a sexy oh, game, honey? hooray. Okay. The sexy game that we have on our podcast is called Hit Me With Your Best Shot because we're gigantic nerds, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you five rapid fire questions okay. about karaoke and just give us the first thing that pops in your head. They don't actually need to be as rapid fire. So if you put some thought into them, that's fine. There's the magic and if, I, and if I think of something and I can't remember and I have to look up, you know, I'll do that. Do it. We want your truthful answer to these five questions. Okay, so I'm are right. you at the end too, if you'd like, you can ask us a question. We solemnly swear we will answer honestly. We like to be karaoke related, but if it's not, no, it's okay. okay. Question number one, what is the absolute best thing you have ever seen at a karaoke night? Probably that bartender who did Mother at Mary's in Atlanta. 
everything about it was the hottest thing I've ever seen. Fantastic. Conversely, what is the worst thing you've ever seen in karaoke? I'm just trying not to hurt anybody's feelings, which is why I'm thinking. Oh, you know what? I think I think he wouldn't mind. One of one of the people I do karaoke with, he did Aqualung. The lyrics to Aqualung, you know, sitting on a park bench and then the guy starts tar- and then like watching the little girls and it's about like an old like pervert chasing after like schoolgirls. And as he kept singing it, like me and my friends who were women friends who were there, we just kept sinking like lower and lower into our seats and we were just like so like grossed out and uncomfortable. Bless his heart. I don't think he Oh, and the I've got a second one. So Aqualung, don't do that song. Second one, don't ever do Brown Sugar. Everybody thinks oh, no. Brown Sugar is a sexy song. Brown Sugar is not a sexy song. At my engagement party, my dad picked Brown Sugar. And as he's singing it, he was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> These lyrics are not what I thought they They're were. Not, oh they, no. They are, they are really bad. You know, they are racist, exoticist, colonial, imperial bullshit. It's a bad fucking song. Just all kinds of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what is the one song you would love to do a karaoke, but you've just never been able to find? Oh, my God. There's so many. I know. OK, so I love the Pernice Brothers and Joe Pernice. Have you guys heard of them? Nobody has either. OK, so you can find a lot of their stuff on YouTube, but no like karaoke stuff yet. The one song, however, that I would love to do is Sit Down by the Fire by The Veils, V-E-I-L-S. It's just a beautiful song. I've never seen a karaoke version of it. Sit Down by the Fire by the Veils. Yeah, it's so good. The lyrics are so beautifully sung and it's so moving. Yeah, I love that song. So let's say you're in a brand new place while traveling mm-hmm. and you only have the chance to sing one song to make your mark to that karaoke crowd. What do you pick? Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. I can sing the shit out of that song. Although, location matters. Mm-hmm. If I was, okay, let's say I'm, I'm in a karaoke bar somewhere in the in Oklahoma for example I've never been there mm-hmm. and there's a and there's a country western like blues rock crowd I'm gonna do Greg Allman's I'm No Angel because mm. I want to get laid that night yeah yeah that'll do it too 100% that'll do it especially yeah here's my favorite question to ask actually and we've had such varying some varying responses that are very shocking and some that are repeated over and over and over again so if you could magically strike one song from every karaoke playlist forever, what would it be? Easy Lover by Phil Collins. Fuck off, Phil Collins. I want that. Can that be the name of the episode, Ed? I, I, I don't think so, but maybe. Oh, my God. I would. I, I feel bad because I, I know some people who I love dearly who love Phil Collins and would hate to know how much I hate Phil Collins. It's so funny. I'm not afraid to talk about sex at all. But I'm I'm super afraid that to to out myself as a as a person who hates Phil Collins. Yeah, Easy Lover. But honestly, anything from that album fucking sucks. Fucking Sue Studio, suck my dick. Fucking oh god, fuck you, Phil Collins. I mean, you know, bless his heart. I don't know him personally. Maybe he's a super nice guy. Some people love his music. How about bless your heart, but fuck you, Phil Collins? Is the name of the episode. As a person growing up in North Florida it, with a family from Alabama. I know bless your heart means fuck you. So you don't, so it would be redundant to say bless your heart, but fuck you. (laughs) Bless your heart, Phil Collins. Bless your heart. I love it so much. That was it. Thank you so much, honey. That was, you were great. Those were great answers. And I love them all so much. 
So now you have a chance to fire away. Okay. I don't have any karaoke questions for you. I have horny, sexy questions for you. Sure. And you're free to, and I don't, I only want answers with enthusiastic consent. So if I make you uncomfortable and you don't want to answer it, I do not mind. I love that. I'll ask you another one. This question is for both of you, one at a time. What is the most number of people you've had sex with at one time? Uh, I'm one. That would be two. So Ed's had a threesome. Adam has not. Okay. Yes. I'm four. <laughs> okay, what else can I ask you guys? What is something that you really want to do sexually that you haven't had a chance to try or haven't found a partner willing? I haven't had a chance and we haven't found the right opportunity to uh, have sex in public yet. Ooh. And I'd like to try that at some point. Okay. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a fantasy in mind of like where you'd like to do it? Like in the at night in the park or in some alleyway? It's it's not a specific fantasy. No, it's just um just somewhere where we could potentially be caught but not get in trouble. It'd be like one of those things like the stupid kids, even though you know the kid. Right, so nowhere like, near like, a school. <laughs> nowhere near a school, yes. Nowhere near a school. But um yeah. no, I yeah, outside. Okay. What about you, Ed? I really wish I had a good answer to this question. Mm-hmm. I've always described myself as kink friendly for other people's kinks. Yeah. But I don't actually have any of my own. That's okay. You know, uh, yeah, you can be sexually adventurous and still have a relatively vanilla sex life. Like there's no Like I've tried I've tried a whole bunch of stuff, but there's not there's nothing I can think of that I'm like, "Man, I really want to try that." Okay. I just I don't have it. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to schedule myself a gangbang, but I'm having a hard time finding the right people who are willing to do it. Who I want to be involved in it and who have the time to do it. Everybody's so busy in New York. <laughs> so that's mine. It's true. New York just feels like a busy place. Like I'm still getting used to it and adjusting to the speed coming from Western and Pennsylvania a little bit. Here's what I think is great about New Yorkers. Coming from the South, you know, there's this uh, stereotype that people are unfriendly in New York. And that's actually really not the case. People in New York, I've noticed, are more tolerant and more accepting of all kinds Mm -hmm. of people, not across the board, but in general. And if you ask a New Yorker for directions, whatever they're doing, they will stop and they will tell you what train you need to get on every single time. And to me, that's incredibly friendly. They just don't do a lot of small talk in their day-to-day lives because they got shit to do. And I prefer that. You know, I don't want to have like a, a... 15 minute conversation with a cashier where I am like, bless, like bless your heart, but I've got shit to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. You know what it is? I think the impression comes from the fact that like, I think a lot of people associate New York city with Midtown and Midtown is literally the worst place in New York city. Like, yeah, everybody's really in a hurry in Midtown. Yeah. Like if I walk through there, like I don't want to be in Midtown. There's so many, there's a million more interesting things to do in New York outside of Broadway. That's the only reason I go to Midtown. There's a million more interesting things to do and places to be and stuff like that. And that's why anytime I have to walk through Midtown, it's like the eyes go dead and I'm just trying to get through there. Yeah. So I think that maybe that's where it comes from, because I know um, my fiance is the same way where she just doesn't like going through Midtown. A lot of her friends don't like going to Midtown and they get the dead eyes like as they're walking through. And if tourists are coming there, like that's what they're seeing of New Yorkers. Do you think Adam's talking this much about Midtown because he doesn't want me to ask another sex question? You can ask another sex question. I'm, I'm like literally I'm an open book. I'm joking. I'm yeah, no, I'm just I just I love messing with people. Um, that's my kink. <laughs> so honey, thank you for that. You've asked me questions that definitely like uh, challenged me today, but I love being challenged. <laughs> yes. But I love being challenged. So yes. thank you, like honestly, thank you for challenging me and like 
bringing like all the sexiness to this podcast that Yay. we desperately needed. Yay. So we're going to give you the floor, like the floor is going to be yours. If you have, if you want to plug your podcast, any kind of social media, literally Great. anything you want to plug, do it. So yeah. So my show is called the honey leave it show. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, and other places. I haven't recorded new material in a while because of some things that are going on in my life, but just family stuff. It's nothing dramatic. I'm just busy. But there's about 22, 24 episodes that you can listen to on Twitter. I'm at Honey Leave It. That's H-O-N-E-Y-L-E-A-V-I-T-T, Honey Leave It. On Instagram, I'm Honey Leave It Alone. Rarely on Instagram, but very on Twitter. So if any of your listeners are want to reach out to me there. They absolutely can. I answer DMs on Twitter. Catch me soon at the karaoke bar near you being very horny. If I'm singing Greg Allman, <laughs> come and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is so well said and I can't think of a better way to end this discussion. Ed, do you have any other questions for Honey before we say it? bid her adieu? Thank you for being on today. That was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you asked me and I had such a great time and it was so nice to get to know both of you a little bit. Yeah, it was really great having you, Honey. Thank you so much for bringing the sex in us and just, you know, jokes aside, thank you for just bringing your unique perspective and hashing out advice that's really important so thank you so much for bringing your perspective to our show we needed it (laughs) well guys yep you know things about us now deep intimate personal things about ed and i and we'd like to thank you for listening and learning these things about us and I feel comfortable sharing with the world. So you should feel comfortable sharing your opinion with the world. If I can share the things that I shared, I feel like you can share your opinions about this show with the world. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can go in, just show your admiration by clicking follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast feed. Uh, leaving reviews on iTunes are great. Those help. If, if you just want to lament, send us an email. Ed really wants a hate mail. <laughs> sungpoorly at gmail.com and the last thing you can do is like hey listen uh, we're at sungpoorly.com it's the official webpage now we're also established as a business on facebook uh, so if you want to subscribe on facebook you can actually get new episodes sent right to you through the metaverse like i think literally at this point isn't that the big thing right ed that is the big thing we're at sungpoorly on facebook we're at sungpoorly on twitter we're at Sung Poorly on Instagram, though we haven't done anything with that yet. I'm just going to post pictures of puppies and kitties. Everybody loves puppies. Kitties singing karaoke? You think we can turn this into a thing? I think we can. I have enough cats. You do have enough cats. Ed, tell us some more things. One of the other great ways that you can help us out is by sharing an episode with a friend. If you're listening to this, you're a karaoke person. Chances are your friends are karaoke people, too. And speaking of friends, we can't forget Ben Dumb. Our friend who has graciously let us use gasoline as the theme song for our show. Please follow him on Spotify under the Ben Dumb 3 or on other music platforms. He's out everywhere. But more than anything, make sure to tune in two weeks from now when we have the surprise to end all surprises. It's going to be huge, guys. It's going to be so big that we literally, we don't know what it is yet. That's how big of a surprise it is that we don't know what it is that's happening in two weeks. But I'll tell you this. I'll be there. Ed will be there. And we're going to talk about karaoke in some way, shape or form. And it'll probably be moderately entertaining. And isn't that what we listen to podcasts for? To be moderately entertained. 
I know I do. That's it. That's all. There is no more. So until next time, I'm Ed Kennard. I'm Adam Wainwright. What's happening? And remember that singing off key is still technically singing. Are you into musical theater? Do you do show tunes at karaoke? Oh, oh, <laughs> very much so. Yes. Who we are? We. You can tell I haven't listened to your podcast. <laughs>